Hello, and welcome to the McHale Report podcast. My name is John McHale, Group Editorial Director for Military Embedded Systems and host for today's event. This podcast is sponsored by Aerospace Tech Week, which will now take place on March 24th through 26, 2021 in Toulouse, France, after being postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The show encompasses six different events, Avionics Expo, Connected Aircraft Europe, Aerospace Testing Europe, MROIT, Flight Ops IT, and FACE, also known as the Future Airborne Capability Environment. To learn more about Aerospace Tech Week 2021, please visit www.aerospacetechweek.com. That's www.aerospacetechweek.com. Our guest for today's podcast is Jeffrey Howington, business development leader with Collins Aerospace. Today, Jeffrey will discuss the impact of the Future Airborne Capability Environment Face Consortium on the military avionics industry. Let's get started. Jeff, can you please tell us about your current role within Collins Aerospace and your work in the FACE Consortium? Well, sure thing, John. Within Collins Aerospace, I'm continuing to work with an outstanding team of business development professionals within what we call the Advanced Avionics Program Business. And our role is to envision the future of aircraft and how we can make them more effective, affordable, and safer. And that effort includes taking on leadership roles within standards development organizations like the Open Group Face Consortium. And for the last nine years, I've served as its elected vice chairman. And together with other consortium members, I've, I've been pretty busy helping to refine the face technical standard and promoting its adoption. You know, one of the things I found about face and then uh, what's come later, the sensor open systems architecture is the enthusiasm of volunteers on every level of industry, government, uh, the integrators and primes like yourself and the uh, third party suppliers. As um, the head of the SOSA consortium told me recently, Ilya Lipkin, Dr. Ilya Lipkin, he said, you're only as good as the enthusiasm of your volunteers. And right now we've got some good ones. So um, I'm glad to hear there's so much enthusiasm behind all these efforts. So speaking of the efforts, why is FACE so important to the military end user, the prime contractors and the embedded hardware and software providers? Well, it's the FACE standard is is enabling the acquisition of portable and reusable avionics software products independent of hardware. You know, that statement might be a bit strange to those used to installing software on desktop and laptop computers, but it's relatively new for avionics. Aircraft operators and pilots can benefit from reuse by having interoperable capabilities with similar look and feel across aircraft types. Uh, and that reduces things like training cost and so forth. Prime contractors benefit from the standardization, and it allows them to pick best-in-class products from a, a wider variety of suppliers while lowering their integration costs. And the benefit for both hardware and software suppliers is the ability to compete in a larger addressable market that can better integrate their products. Now, during your presentation at the FACE SOSA Technical Interchange Meeting event that was held in September, and I was there watching, I was taking notes, you had Mm -hmm. a graphic that showed how software costs and new platforms can escalate to the point where they're unaffordable, especially as 70 to 90% of aircraft avionics capability is implemented in software. I think you had the F-35 as as the most unaffordable platform ever. and, and not maybe that. I think it was a graphic that's been used in a lot of presentations. But how will FACE reduce all these costs going forward? Yeah, th- yes. 
Well, you know, one of the biggest cost drivers that the FACE Consortium set out to conquer was the, the common practice of developing different software for different platforms that really in, implemented the same capability. So by conforming to the FACE technical standard, you can produce software for portability and reusability and therefore reduce duplicative development efforts. You don't have to build the same software again and again simply because your platform's a bit different. The standardization allows the reusability while reducing integration efforts because it puts everyone on the same page with respect to the overall architecture, the interfaces, and the data definitions. And if the software also meets DO-178 criteria, then it becomes possible to reuse both the software and its certification artifacts in another system. And so you, you really have a formula for saving additional time and cost. That's a good point about the safety certification, um, as that's a huge part, especially as the military doesn't always, isn't required necessarily to use it, but they often do because it's such an effective standard and promotes robustness mm -hmm. with software. Um, and speaking of robust software, the latest version of the FACE technical standard is 3.0. What does that bring to the table for military avionics suppliers? Well, I'll tell you, one of the most important changes to 3.0 is allowing easier use of component frameworks. We're finding that many different commercial software components and industry product line frameworks exist today. And one well-known, very familiar example is the Java Virtual Machine, very popular. Uh, component frameworks allow software developers to focus on the unique requirements of software components without having to spend effort developing lower level functionality management details. Uh, this increases software development efficiency. It makes support for these frameworks important for us in the FACE Consortium. But these frameworks come with unique interfaces, and, and that introduces barriers for reuse. So to pro promote portability, the FACE Tech Standard 3.0 provides now the means to access these unique interfaces through the standardized face architecture. And then at Collins Aerospace, how have you guys imp you know, integrated or leveraged face, however you want to say it, within your systems and solutions? Are there any applications or platforms using face conformant solutions from Collins Aerospace right now? Any examples you can give without getting in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> Well, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Collins Aerospace was the first ever company to, to earn a face conformance certificate uh, with, with a product we call the Mission Flight Management Software Product. It, it, it uses commercial technology that, that we've deployed in the past in over 50 different type model series aircraft. And, and this software now forms the foundation for upgrading multiple Navy aircraft through a contract with NavAir. We've, we've updated that software to, to now conform to the, to the FACE technical standard. Uh, our second FACE conformance certificate was earned for our avoidance rerouters, situational awareness, and decision-aiding software. Now, this product was also developed from commercial technology 
and it is incorporated within the CH-47F Block 2 program to provide additional hazard avoidance capabilities to pilots. And we've got additional face applications that are on the shelf or they're in development, and we've enabled our avionics systems to host them. I didn't know you guys were the first face con um, conformant uh, product. Uh, when was that? No, that was back in, in 2016, and, uh, that, you know, as you can imagine, that was kind of a race to to be the first with a number of vendors, and we were able to, to work that through the efforts of a lot of hardworking engineers and others. And speaking of a little Collins Aerospace history, and you and I have mentioned this other times, is um, FACE kind of, how has FACE impacted the the CAS program, that which was a similar reuse platform that you created for Army, uh, you, I mean, Collins Aerospace created for Army helicopters many years ago um, to, to leverage COTS and common software architectures across those platforms. How has FACE impacted that? Has it changed anything you're doing with CAS or has it just enhanced it? Yeah, well, uh, you know, CAS uh, and, and, and we, you know, that's, that stands for Common Avionics Architecture System. That, that flies on uh, many different aircraft, including the CH-47F, and uh, it, it uses underlying standards that are common with the FACE technical standards, such as POSIX, A-Ring 653, uh, A-Ring 661, and OpenGL, and others. Um, and as we're showing in Block 2, Collins Aerospace, we, we stepped up the ability of CAS to, to host FACE conformance software. And, and what that's done is it's opened up opportunities for us to integrate more third-party software components to, to, to pick out that best-of-breed capabilities and, and add value to our offering. We've found that the FACE architecture does a really good job at abstracting software components and, and easing many integration problems, such as transporting data around in the system. And that makes it easier to cost-effectively adopt open architecture applications built to the, the FACE technical standard. And that's a way of illustrating what you had in that slide, how you can reduce costs going forward, because there was an old platform and updating all that old code, even if it was CAS and kind of built on open standards, was still a challenge. So um, that's another example, I think, of that. Um, let's go back now. We were in the past there with CAS. Let's go a little more into the future here, or the present, I might say. Um, many phase conformance solutions were part of the tri-service open architecture interoperability demonstration, which was held last month at the Georgia Tech Research Institute. I was there. It was a lot of buzz, a lot of attendance. Um, I, I know there was a couple of phase demos running um, and from prime contractors, from the government, et cetera. How important has the buy-in been from the prime contractors for the phase business model, which was different from maybe the proprietary that one they were used to? I think that's what one of the keynote speakers was saying, that it's been a it's been a paradigm shift in business models. So. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. And, and, and it was really good to see all of the participation in the tri-service open architecture uh, demonstration. Uh, and, um, you know, I think that, that kind of goes to show that, that standards thrive when they're implemented often, right? So, so it's hugely important to see not only primes implement the face technical standard, but other industry players of all sizes as well. Uh, we've we've seen many program wins across consortium membership, which right now numbers about 90 companies, and 
and we also continue to see demonstrations for new capabilities uh, by those companies, by those members. And I also can't stress enough how important it is that our customers have bought into buying face software. And that's evidenced, uh, you know, of course, by that demo that, that we saw and also by the requirements and purchases coming from all of the services. Uh, suppliers that produce, they're finding a market for face software buyers. And so I, I'd say that's really the, the important thing here. It's validating the concept. Uh, and just to give you an example, Collins Aerospace, right now we are executing well over $150 million in programs that will supply face software. That's a big number to share. Um, and you mentioned markets that will be buying face software. I mean, we know this was developed for military applications from the start, um, but could it be leveraged for commercial avionics platforms as well? It's similar to how avionics, commercial avionics platforms may have influenced some military designs. Yeah, uh, well, it, it can and it has. Um, and I mentioned that the two-phase conformant um, software products that Collins Aerospaces produces. We, we, you know, those are based on commercial technologies, and we're continuing to see those technologies being used on both sides of the commercial and military space. Uh, although we may not advertise that fact on the commercial side all that much, you know, we 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 look at that as as being the you know the, the thing that enables um, the efficient uh, use on the commercial side. But uh, to, to them, they're they're looking at the brand name for Collins. Uh, but if you if you seek out other Face Consortium members, you, you're going to find several who are producing software for the commercial space as well. And, and one example of that is the, the real-time operating system vendors. They're a great example there. And, uh, and of course, they're, they're looking at a, a number of different spaces for their products. Uh, and I would also say to you as well, uh, we've seen applications outside of, of avionics and aircraft altogether. Um, and uh, the Open Group actually has uh, put together a, a different forum called the Open Process Automation Forum, uh, which is utilizing uh, the FACE concept in oil and natural gas uh, industries. And uh, we've seen interest as well from pharmaceuticals and so forth. Uh, but uh, for, for Collins, we're we're very happy to, to be using the FACE technologies in both our commercial and military uh, products. But, you know, taking it forward, I think you mentioned you had 90 companies are members now. I think you have 20 FACE conformant products supplied by 12 suppliers are now in the FACE registry. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. And FACE requirements are now become, becoming part of new military avionics contracts. What's the next design challenge or hurdle for the FACE uh, consortia and their members to overcome? Yeah, yeah, good question. You know, the defense industry is is working hard to, to keep the United States and its allies on top of the game for defense. And, you know, we in industry, we're being challenged to find ways that allow quick and agile fielding uh, of enabling capabilities to affordably go into their aviation fleet. On the commercial side, we'll continue to see rising air traffic usage, okay, over the long haul. <laughs> We've got that short-term bump right now. Uh, 
but we'll, we'll continue to see airline carriers looking for advanced solutions to navigate an ever more crowded airspace. Uh, and these challenges, both of these challenges, they demand the kinds of solutions that building to the face technical standard can provide. Collins Airspace, you know, we're going to continue to advance our open architecture products using the FACE standard, and we're also going to do our part to um, work on one hurdle that we see before the FACE consortium, and that's to build an outstanding team of skilled programmers that are capable of developing FACE conformance software. At every company that might have been hardware to begin with, you have more software engineers are outnumbering hardware engineers everywhere. <laughs> That's absolutely right. You know, that you mentioned the, uh, uh, the 70, 80 percent of capability on aircraft. That's now being implemented in software. It's a hugely important piece of it. And can be quite expensive, as we know. Mm. Well, Jeff, thanks for speaking today. This podcast today was sponsored by Aerospace Tech Week, which will now take place on March 24th through 26, 2021 in Toulouse, France, after being postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The show encompasses six different events, Avionics Expo, Connected Aircraft Europe, Aerospace Testing Europe, MROIT, Flight Ops IT, and FACE. To learn more about Aerospace Tech Week 2021, please visit www.aerospacetechweek.com. That's www.aerospacetechweek.com. Thank you for listening to today's McHale Report podcast. I look forward to seeing you in future podcasts.